Welcome to episode 30 of the 24-Hour Hustle Show, and today we got special guest, CEO of Sotil Fashions, Jennifer Mendocino. Welcome to the 24-Hour Hustle Show. I'm your host, Anthony Freeze, and this is the show where we get to sit down with amazing guests, and today we got Jennifer on the show so we can find out all about her 24 hours and how she is maximizing on her time, and I just remember when we first got together, uh, well, just so I can get some more context really quick, um, we did a nomination for people to be able to be on the show, and a lot of former guests that were on the show got the opportunity to nominate people, and you were a name that fell into my lap. We got together for coffee, and ultimately, it was a very great conversation. I loved it. I would love to try to recreate that here. We should have had the cameras rolling then, but um, it's going to be good to be able to do it now, so I'm, ex- I'm so excited to have you on. The story you're going to share is great. Uh, Overall, this is going to be like one of my favorite episodes. So, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. So, for people who don't know who you are yet, um, why don't you give us your name, your background, and uh, just a little bit about what you're doing right now with uh, your business? Um, I'm Jennifer Mendocino. Um, not originally from Pittsburgh, originally. Um, Where are you originally from? I was born in Virginia, raised in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm new. I still consider myself a newbie here. I've been here for almost 20 years, but I still can't. I don't know. Mm. I'm a Southern girl. Uh-huh. This is my roots. Right. Well, I mean, you can't break that. I mean, but you have been here for a while. You've definitely been able to make some great connections and do some Absolutely. great things here. So, um, and what about your business and a little bit about that and, you know, what maybe have brought you here? Well, I have a, a women's boutique, Sotil Fashions, on uh, Brookline Boulevard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I do. It's my full-time thing between personal styling and, um, you know, fashion for the ladies. Mm-hmm. That's what you, I do. Yeah, and you're killing it. I mean, you got nominations for, what was it recently? Boutique of the Year. And and you're... And and deservingly so because you're killing Thank you. it. Um, so now let's uh, you know let's get into your origin story a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, find out a little bit you know about yourself and how you grew up and raised, yeah. and you know some of the things that inspired you and all that good stuff. Um, well, like I said, I was born in Virginia, country family. Um, you know, very you know quaintly small. Uh, father was in the military, so we did travel around a lot. Um, and then you know went to high school you know, started to develop some health issues when I was in high school, um, started with some kidney stones, ended up with a lot of kidney stones, seven kidney surgeries later. Mm. Um, yeah, I, over a hundred, over a hundred kidney stones wow. in my life. Wow. Yeah. And that's where it all began. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm. So what was it like growing up? <clears throat> um, growing up was good. Um, you know, I traveled a lot. I got to see, a you know, a lot of places and. I think uh, further north was Wisconsin, so mm-hmm. we were there for almost a year and a half. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Three feet of snow, and you still have to go to school. So, <laughs> like, get on out to the driveway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buses come, trucking through it. So, mm-hmm. that was an experience. But, yeah, yeah life, was good. Mm-hmm. life was good. So, what were you like your parents like, and what did they do? I know you say your father was in the military. Yep. Okay. What about mom? Um, my mom was a nurse, and then, um, you know, then she went into real estate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, 
Then my dad worked uh, was a uh, pilot for Delta Airlines mm. after he left the military. Mm. Any siblings or anything like that? I have an older sister. Okay. 22 months to the day older. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And what was that experience like growing up with a, you know, a sister? You know, for the most part, Susan and I were close. Like, we, you know, we still are. We had our, you know, ups and downs, but we, you know, ultimately stayed tight. Um, mm. You know, she was kind of like my main source to school, so I had to be nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, she was the first one to drive, first one to get the car, uh-huh. so I had to I had to play nice right. with her sometimes. But, yeah, we were we were good. We were close. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. you. And uh, what was it about, like, um, the things that you do now? Was there anything, like, in your childhood that inspired you to kind of, like, eventually go into the fashion route? Like, take us through that. Like, what were some of those, like, in the, in the growing-up years? Listen, you're <laughs> never going to believe this one when I tell you this. Because when I was young, I was always outside. I was barefoot. I was playing in the dirt. I was always dirty. Like, my mom was like, Man, like you are the dirtiest child. And then my sister and I would, you know, when we were younger, we did pageantry. Mm-hmm. And my mom would like tediously take her time on my sister because I was nowhere to be found. My my butt was climbing trees. I was playing with the neighborhood boys. Mm-hmm. Like I was not afraid to get dirty. Mm-hmm. So I would always trail in last minute. And then my mom would have to do something real fast, like put a bow in my hair and call it a day. Because uh-huh. I was usually teetering right on that fine line mark. But, um... Yeah, like, you would never think that I would be one to go into fashion, you know, later on in life. But, mm-hmm. boy, did I surprise everybody, huh? <laughs> But you're doing a good job at it, too. I like to keep everybody on their toes. Right, keep you know everybody surprised. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, as you were traveling, you know, as you're growing up through all those different years, what eventually brought you to Pittsburgh? My, um, well, now ex-husband, um, Dominic, we met um, in the Bahamas on vacation, just, you know, two people on vacation. And, you know, six months later, after long distance dating, I moved here and I've been here ever since. Mm -hmm. We had 10 years of marriage and two beautiful kids. And, yep, so we co-parent well and, you know, we're... We just worked better friends than we did. You mm-hmm. know, things change over time, and you start to go in different directions. And you know, sometimes having children can bring you know priorities. Your priorities change a little bit. Mm-hmm. So right, yeah. And uh, you've pretty much been in Pittsburgh ever since then. Ever since. Okay. Yeah. So take us through the amazing story of how you started up like the whole fashion thing because like you said you initially didn't even want to you know start it or wasn't really even into your playing yeah. in the mud and the dirt and stuff yep. kind of just like you know you like to work and play and things like that so how did you eventually get to the point of you know starting up this fashion line and things like that well when I was little I was always determined I was going to be a veterinarian or I was going to be a lawyer mm-hmm. my mom was like Jennifer you'd be a great lawyer. So, um, cause I'd argue with a brick wall if it was in front of me, <laughs> I would just to get my point across. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I ended up coming to Pittsburgh and I went to the median school for, to be a vet tech mm-hmm. and I did that for a while and then it just wasn't for me. And then after I had my kids, I was a stay at home mom for 10 years. Well then once the, well, you know, we got divorced, I had to kind of figure out what I'm going to, you know, what are you gonna do with yourself, Jennifer? You know, I had to set an example, I had to be a role model. So I had to change everything. The the you know the way I was living was you know I had to do something completely different, mm-hmm. and that's what I had to do. I had to do some soul searching, and then you know I had had a a forced hysterectomy at a young age, uh, twenty seven mm-hmm. actually to be exact. Mm-hmm. So um, that just changes you, you know. Um, so from being a stay at home mom to trying to find a career, 
I ended up just saying, what is it that's going to make me happy? And I had to start with myself. And that's where it all began. Crazy enough. Mm -hmm. Like, I was, in, I was in my closet. I was going through my clothes. I was tired of feeling sorry for myself. And I just said, Jen, you got to do something. Like, you know, you can't go down like this. Mm -hmm. And I just started throwing clothes. I was just a hot mess. I was like, nope, 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 you know. What makes me feel good? I feel like if I look good, I feel good. And then you find that, like, whole new inspiration to, you know, right. get yourself going. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. So I was like, you know what? I had, a, you know, had a love for blazers. And I always wore shapewear underneath, um, especially since I had my kids, just to kind of get that smooth silhouette. And that's where it all began. I mm -hmm. started cutting and sewing, finding a way <coughs> that I can mold. A, you know, I said, there has to be a way I can you know, have all of this in one look. Mm -hmm. And that's where my first patent came in. Right. Yeah, it was women's shapewear that you can wear as a dress shirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, took a year and a half, but I did it. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, it doesn't matter how long it takes, you got it done. I got it done. Um, I mean, and that's awesome that you, you actually came up with your own original product yep. and got it patented. Yes. Um, that, that's phenomenal. And I, and I just love this, the story of it because, um, you know, you were at a stay-at-home mom for 10 years, yes. and, you know, that's pretty much what you did um, the past 10 years. And then, um, you know, that situation happened where uh, you separated from your husband, mm -hmm. and then you tried to pretty much try to find yourself. And a lot of people, you know, are in that situation where they're trying to find themselves, and you were able to find that in a tough situation. And yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer in, you know... The, the greatest things are able to come out of tragedies and things like that. So how were you able to say, like, what would you say was just some of the things that helped you get out of that, you know, that rut or just that that mindset of, you know, I just I can't be just sitting here anymore. Like, what was the, the defining moment for you? You know what? I think I fought it for years, <clears throat> even during my marriage, because I had worked with my dad being in the military. My mom, I just always knew her to work, 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 work. So we always that work ethic was instilled in us at a very young age to know the value of a dollar and work for it and respect it so when i was asked to be a stay-at-home mom for my ex-husband i was thrown completely out of my element so i was like mm. you know like i kind of fought it a little bit mm -hmm. so i don't really know you know that in itself was a huge challenge for me but after the divorce especially and then me it just wasn't me mm -hmm. sitting you know sitting there feeling sorry for myself was something that was not that was very new to me it's, it wasn't me at all mm -hmm. um and then looking at my kids i mean i was supposed and i'm supposed to be a role model to them i'm supposed to be the person they look up to so if i could find a way to pull myself out of what i was going through at the time and just, you know, stand up and be the woman that I know God wanted, you know, was I was made to be who I am today. I just had to find it. Mm -hmm. And I did. I mean, I was at, I prayed a lot. I cried a lot. Um, you know, but in the end, I chose to not be a victim of, you know, of what I was going through. Mm -hmm. I refused. Right. And what about, like, some maybe good advice or tips for other women that may be going through sim similar situations where they feel like, you know, they're in such a situation that they feel like they maybe can't get out of or, mm -hmm. you know, they feel like, you know, there's nothing at the end of the tunnel or, you know, what, take us through, like, maybe some of the things that helped you the most and how can someone else that may be in a similar situation, how can they get out of it? Well, you know what? In the end, <clears throat> I asked myself a lot of questions, a lot of questions, like, is this possible? 
um, I really want to do it. In my heart of hearts, I knew this is what I really, you know, wanted to do ultimately um, because it's what made me feel better. It's what brought me to life. And when you have something that you feel so passionately about that it just brings you life, um, why not go for it? You know what I mean? Nothing was stopping me at that point mm. but excuses. Mm. You know what I mean? There was nothing, nothing that was actually holding me back but myself. Mm. And I was my, you know, my biggest challenge up until that point. I mm. mean, my life up until that point was battle, battle, battle from my, you know, kidneys at a young age to the hysterectomy to all the little surgeries in between. Um, you know, my, my life was never easy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> and I never should have expected this to be either, you know. Mm. But for anyone out there, women especially, who feel like they have – you know, what am I going to do? I can't do this. I want to, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can find it within yourself to do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I've sat and I've told myself that even to this day, I still tell, I have to tell myself and I have to remind myself that there's nothing standing in my way but me. My life can be whatever I want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's just how am I going to get myself there? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then out of that, I mean, you, you created your own original product. I mean, mm-hmm. that's amazing. I, to be honest, I think you may be the first person to be on the show that created their own original product. Woo! So, so, <laughs> so, take us through that process. I mean, because it's very rare and very difficult to come up with your own original product. Like, how did that come about? What was that process like? Hey, that just happened by chance too, because <clears throat> I when I was in the mid- middle of throwing things in and out of my closet, I had an overabundance of shapewear. So the Spanx lady was brilliant in her concept of, you know, how she came up, which that whole concept was by chance too, which is an amazing story. Mm-hmm. But I thought there has to be a way that I can have all of these pieces, this piece to shape, you know, the midsection, this piece for the arms, this piece, you know, for your, you know, rear end, you know, all of these pieces... I shouldn't have to wear 20 pieces because by the time I put them on, I'm sweating. I've lost five pounds. I'm exhausted. <laughs> the curls are out of my hair because I've sweat them out. I'm just like, woo. You wore it out. kidding me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then whenever you go out, you have to make sure everything stays in place. Mm. You know, you sit down and then things start to roll up and you're like, man, all that work. All that work. <laughs> just went away in about two seconds. <laughs> So I said, there has to be a way that all of these things here can be put into one piece. Mm-hmm. And then I, and I don't want to put it under anything either. I want, it, I want to be able to wear it just like it is. Mm-hmm. And that's how it happened. I started, I told you, I wasn't my, I started cutting things. Mm-hmm. I said, this piece needs to go here. I like this piece for this. I was buying unnecessary things just Were you cutting pieces piece. from like other clothing that you had and yes. started mismatching uh-huh. stuff together? That's exactly what I did. I took all of my shapewear, cut it, and then just ended up doing just a, you know, a pretty terrible stitching at the time. It was just a prototype. I right. was like, I just have to see if this is possible. Right. Now, did you do any, like, stitching beforehand? Like, any training, practice? or You're like, hell no. <laughs> no. Like, I would, I would make things for the kids, you know, like, just small pieces here and there, but nothing. I don't think I could sew a straight line at the time. <laughs> nope. So how did you get to the point of actually getting, like, a really good prototype? Because, like I said, to have your own original product mm-hmm. definitely is uh, evolution. So how did you get to the point of, like, you got your first prototype? I was like, I got it. Like, I, ha- I had – I was looking at it, and I said, if this is if this is possible that I could pull this off, this would be perfect. 
So I literally, I, I had an attorney and, you know, he got me in the right directions, you know, to start the patent process. I called um, a manufacturer in New York mm -hmm. that I had done a lot of research on because my thing was I didn't <coughs> want to get this out to too many people. I, wanted to, I didn't want to call a lot of manufacturers and be like, hey, could you, could you, could you, could you? I wanted to, I was babying it, you know. So, you know, it was a very reputable manufacturer in New York City. And I, you know, he called me. We discussed it. He said, you know what, give me a chance. Let me see if I can do this, but I want the opportunity to try. And went to New York City and worked with him and after three or four trips and a lot of going back and forth mm -hmm. uh, you, like I said it was about a year and a half before we were able to make um, a prototype that worked mm -hmm. and in all directions from mm -hmm. the snapping to the body you know to the for it to be a one-piece bodysuit to be able to fit the arms in and still shape like it was a process mm -hmm. but we got it done so what were some of those things that happened throughout that process in that year and a half like what were some of maybe some of the challenges or issues or some uh stumbling blocks that you encountered and how did you overcome those um well finalizing my hysterectomy <coughs> fell right in the middle of it okay so that um that was a big deal that um actually put me into surgical menopause so mm -hmm. Um, and they just let it go naturally. My body at that point from having the um, partial hysterectomy at 27, you know, my body had been without hormones for 10 years at that point. So they were just like, forget it, just let it go. So that whole transition from being menopausal at, you know, in my 30s was huge. So that was a, a struggle. But the prototype itself was... Um, like when you button, just like a button-up shirt, mm -hmm. towards the bottom, you know, women are midsections below. With it being spandex, um, when you would sit, it would pull at those buttons. So that's the last thing we want. We want it nice and taut. And so I had to find a way to keep everything still in. So we just added an extra piece of spandex, and we stationary stitched, like, the bottom part of the button. So there's no choice but to keep it taut. So mm -hmm. that stays in. So that was, that was a, a big one. And then the fastening, <clears throat> the closures at the bottom. We initially started with snaps, and that wasn't enough because the compression <coughs> was so tight that as soon as you would sit, you would it would the buttons would pop. Well, mm -hmm. that's the last thing you want. So we ended up doing um, they're almost like bra uh, bra clasps. So and they're adjustable, so you can do it as tight or as loose as you want. So mm -hmm. those were the major things that mm -hmm. we encountered through this process. And, and what was, like, the patent process like? I mean, because I know a lot of people try to get their products patented mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, I have a ton of ideas, I feel like, that I can't create, but I feel like I, if I could find the right person, I could probably get it done and things like that. But what was that process like of trying to get your own patent? Geez, that was nerve-wracking because you have a little waiting process uh -huh. where they How have long to file talk and then they have to see. Well, initially it was only, I think it was like maybe 10 days. I had to wait just to see if there was something out there like it. So mm -hmm. they have to search it and they have to, you know, make sure that you're, you know, before you even proceed. And for, I got a call um, and they said, you know, for however you did it, we don't know how you did it, but you found a loophole Somewhere in women's in you know in women's shapewear, you found it. Mm -hmm. It did not exist. Really. Mm -hmm. So I went for it. That's awesome. I mean, anytime someone finds their own niche and hasn't, you know, trailblazed an avenue mm -hmm. that hasn't been trailed yet, 
Like you're the one. Like we're we're I, sitting with the one. I don't know how to do it. It just happens. It's like the paperclip. Like who comes up with it? Like right. It happened. Like I don't want to staple this together, but I do want these to stick together. But right. I don't want to use glue. But like I don't know how that works. But it's just amazing how things happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know. And then out of that, that started the the fashion line. Yeah. And then uh, so take us through that process of like you know starting to get the word out or how mm-hmm. do, what was your way of starting to get the word out on this? That was my toughest thing. It still is. Marketing mm-hmm. is so hard, you know, and it really shouldn't be, but it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't take any marketing classes in college. <clears throat> I probably should have looking back, but um, <clears throat> yeah, it was just getting myself out there. No one knew who I was. Mm-hmm. I wasn't from Pittsburgh. I didn't grow up in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, being a stay-at-home mom down in Belle Vernon versus moving to the city, um, it's just establishing who you are. And people have to trust you, and they have to trust your product, and that's a big deal. If they don't know who you are, you know, who are you and what's your product, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was, um, you know, initially it was just taking a lot of pictures and trying to promote the product and how it worked, mm-hmm. which it was all on Facebook at the time and, mm-hmm. you know, you do Instagram and things like that, but mm. word of mouth, you get women in, you get them to put it on, and then you hope that they believe in the product as much as you do and spread the word. Mm. That's kind of how it happened. So how long has, has this been around? So it's 2018 right mm-hmm. now. When did you, like, initially, would you say you started, like, pushing the product? Um, initially, it was 2013. The prototype was finished in 14, and um, we really started pushing it towards the later part of 2014, okay. early t- 2015. And when did you start up your boutique? Um, it was a year. It was a year in um, April. Year in April? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we just uh, passed the One anniversary. Year. Congrats. Well, that's good stuff. And then out of that, also, you got boutique of the year. So yep. you're killing it. So, like, what would you say is, like, the secret that, like, you getting that award and, like, getting the word out and things like that? What would you say is, like, the thing that got you to that award? I never stopped believing in myself. Mm-hmm. Never. Like, as many times as I wanted to just give up, because it was never easy. There was not one one part of it that was easy. And I thought it was going to be, I was naive. I was going to be fun. I'm going to do this. It's going to be easy. No. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Um, but, yeah, I never stopped believing in what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I never stopped believing in what I could do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Awesome. And what would you say is, like, you know, some of the best experiences you've gotten out of this this year? What was, like, maybe some of the best knowledge or wisdom you got out of starting the boutique and moving forward? Let's see. Um, Knowledge-wise, you know what? You can be <clears throat> derailed in so many different avenues, especially in this industry. Just the best advice that I gave myself was just to stay focused on the road that I was going, the road that I was traveling, because you can be influenced to start traveling other roads too, like you know, and that's fine to you know, um, you know, work with other people, and and you know, we're all in this industry, and sometimes you can meet some fabulous people, and I have met some great, great, great influential people, mm-hmm. um, but just you know, staying on course to where, you know, where Soteal Fashions is going, mm-hmm. you know what I mean was. Yeah, that's awesome. So where's um where so where do you typically sell this? Is it only on the boutique? Do you sell it online? How does that work? Um, well, Soteal Fashions has a Facebook mm-hmm. where everything is posted there. Um, everything's in the boutique as well. 
Um, I'm in the midst of finishing up the website. Nice. So that's a big step for us because mm-hmm. um, I think opening that market up on um, you know a website is going to. Mm-hmm. Then you're huge. yeah. Then you're open to everybody. I, I mean, I, I feel like I mean with you having such a great product and having it be so original. Mm-hmm. You're gonna blow up, like <laughs> I'm telling you, like that 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 website get opened up and people start to discover you. You're gonna blow up. I'm <laughs> Listen, I'm excited, but I'm so nervous at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm ex- so why I'm is scared. that? Right? Why is that? So take us through that process, like because you're going you're you're in the the trenches right now. So for people that you know, because you're experiencing it right now firsthand, mm-hmm. like why are you nervous? Like take us through that. Feel like, like what are your expectations? What do you think may not happen, or you know, what do you foresee it to be? Well, initially it was always fear of failure. I didn't want to fail um, for a multitude of reasons, you know. But most importantly, for the the two kids that were looking up to me. Mm. That was my biggest challenge. Now it is, you know, I do I do get scared for the same reasons. You know what I mean? Like I do I do worry about well, what happens if one day it just stops, or what happens if I can't I get so big that I can't keep up with my own business, or what happens if it gets so big that I can't juggle being, um, you know, a mom to my two kids as much as I like. I get so teary eyed when I talk about my kids. My mm. kids are my everything. Right. But if I can't. Um, you know, provide for my kids the love and the time that I have with them now. Like, what if that just stops and I don't get that much time with them anymore? And, you know, it's all because I'm trying to build a business to provide them a better life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And be able to do it on my own. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a lot on your plate, you know, mm-hmm. especially when it's just, you know, it's not just you. Right. So how are you managing all those now? I don't know that I am, you know. <laughs> I mean, you're, I, mean you're do- I am, right? But, you know, it's, like I said, it's not easy. I pray a lot, <clears throat> and, you know, I just I just stay focused. I, I stay focused on where I've become, you know, where I am and what I've become and where I was. And mm-hmm. sometimes when I look back in the beginning, when it all started, it just reminds me, Jennifer, you've come this far. Look, mm-hmm. at, look at what, you know everything you've gone through, like, why would you stop now? Believe in yourself. And I have to keep reminding myself, even to this day, believe in yourself because you can do anything you want to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you've had a lot of growth and development. I mean, yes. you've, you've grown a lot over time, and I, and I can see the growth that you've had in just, in just a short amount of time. Like, since we met, I mean, I just feel like the stuff that you've been doing is just phenomenal. Like Thank I'm, you. I'm so glad that we've been able to connect and uh, and me, me just been able to see the journey that you're on. Because, like I said, I believe in what you're doing. I believe you. Uh, I believe in you. I believe in the work that you're doing, and I just see so many great things for it. So, Thank um, you. I think it's gonna be. I'm telling you, it's gonna blow up. Don't be afraid. I'll be there. I, I'm. You know, if you need any support or help or anything like that, someone <laughs> to call. Hit us up. Because uh, you know, I I think you're d- gonna do phenomenal. Um, so where, so what do you see maybe happening, let's say in the next two to five years? Like what would you, I know you mentioned a little bit, but you know, let's keep it positive. What Mm -hmm. do you think it'll, what do you think will happen or what would you like to have happen? Well, everything's positive. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's no room for negativity That's when it right. comes to social fashions or my life. <laughs> I have no room for it. Right. I've learned that along the way. And nobody got there's time for no that. No room for it. Um, but social fashions, what do I see? Listen, 
I see Sotel Fashions being huge. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I like to keep my price line for all of my clothing affordable. Because mm -hmm. that's something that, you know, I whenever I was shopping, I was like, man, I don't know who pays this much for a sweater. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to be, I and, and I kind of just live by everything that I've learned along the way. Mm -hmm. I don't ever overprice anything. I try to keep it affordable and um, fun, you know? I try to keep my fashions up to date and fun and just for everyone mm -hmm. and of all sizes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna explode with, you know, just, I wanna be like so much bigger. So do you see like um, multiple stores or boutiques uh, in the future? Like, would you like the franchise or would you just like to keep it, you know, a family based and maybe open up more? Like, what do you see for that? You know, I see other <laughs> small stores. Mm -hmm. um, for sure, but what my everything when I think about the future of Sotil goes right into this website. Mm. I see a huge, you know, warehouse. Yeah, that's where it's at. Just you know, online shipping and just you know, exceeding expectations of, mm -hmm. of women in fashion and what they want. You right. know, I want to be that one where everybody's like, "Have you seen you know her clothes? Have you worn them? They're amazing. They're affordable. They're fun. Like, I want to be." I want to be that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, once you get online, the game is definitely right. going to change because, like I said, you're open to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you work with, like, getting the supply and everything? Do, do you mm -hmm. work um, closely, I'm, I'm assuming, with, like, your manufacturer and things yep. like that? How does that process work? Because this is still kind of new to me. I'm still learning a lot. So what's that process like? Um, you know, it's fun, but it's challenging. You just have, you know, ideas of, of you know, things you want. And it all comes from things I've put on like man I would I love this but I wish it fit like this mm -hmm. and then it just you know that's how it all starts and then you know you communicate back and forth and then you know he's been in this industry so long that it's just like nothing for him to spit out what you know what mm -hmm. I'm looking for and he has the person that you're working with yeah so okay. you know and then I have friends in LA <clears throat> and they have you know clothes there too you know uh, stores and you know so we all like you know I sell their stuff in my store too so it's all it's all you know do you sell stuff at their store too I do. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so you already making a little name for yourself out there too. I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, no, you like are, that. yeah, you are. See, you see, <laughs> you already <laughs> expanded out it. there. <laughs> yeah, so you already, get, you know, people, you know, once that starts to grow more out there, I mean, mm. you're you're already building awareness out there too. You're right. I mean, another thing that I don't know if you thought about this. I mean, have you ever thought about reaching out to different boutiques in different cities and saying, "Hey, would you like to put my stuff in your store?" You know what? I haven't. I haven't yet. I haven't. That's an idea. You know? <clears throat> hmm. something, to think of, something to think about mm -hmm. as you as you are um, planning your global domination. Right? <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> mm -hmm. Start hitting up the small boutiques in little cities, and then eventually, oh, I got the website up. Oh, snap, this person actually is in Pittsburgh. I could get this online? Game changer. Game changer. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. Definitely a lot, like I said, a lot of big things that you could definitely do with it. Um, so as we're getting closer to wrapping up to the end, um, if there's something that we didn't get a chance to talk about or something mm -hmm. that's on your heart or on your mind uh, that you want to share or promote or anything at all or some great advice or tips for women, um, anything at all, I mean, what you have for breakfast, it don't matter. Like, whatever you want to share. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just spitballing whatever. <laughs> no, um, the platform is, you know, yours to you know, speak your whatever you like. Okay. Well, um, you know, like I said, it all stems, Sotel Fashions all stem from, from what I was, you know, going through at the time. And I think women, <clears throat> man, we got it hard these days. And that doesn't take away from men at all, men at all. But 
we we put a lot on ourselves to be great. We put a lot on we you know we play a lot of roles in life, and you know, I think once we believe in ourselves and we know that we're beautiful and we know that we can we know what we're capable of. I think we're unstoppable. But I think it's getting to that point which I struggled with for years. I mean, I was so broken that I just you know I didn't know I didn't know who I was. So I didn't really find myself. Mm. And I think once you truly find yourself as a woman, you can you can do anything. Like you're a source to be reckoned with mm-hmm. at that point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But do I think I think you just have to <clears throat> you have to love yourself. You have to believe in yourself. You know, mm-hmm. and keep that bond strong with you know God or you know whatever spirituality you have. You just you have to have it, mm-hmm. or you'd fall apart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You definitely got to have that source of, you know, some type of belief or faith mm-hmm. in a higher power Absolutely. You know, to be able to keep you together or else you would fall. But, um, yeah, I feel like you definitely have that together for sure. That that You got that covered. Um, so what's the best way people can, you know, connect with all the amazing things that you're doing? Where's the best place for people to reach you? Facebook, um, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people message me on Facebook, on Social Fashions, on their Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I communicate a lot through there. Instagram. Um, we have Pinterest, Poshmark even. Mm-hmm. So we're like all over. And these are uh, all these titles under the Sotil Fashions name? Yeah. Okay, cool. And then 616 Brooklyn Boulevard is the boutique address. Mm-hmm. Go check out the boutique if you're watching this episode and in that area. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you happen to do, let us know because we want to know who we're impacting. So, That's right. Um, so that'd be good stuff. So, and then uh, lastly, as we get closer to wrapping up, what is a 24-hour challenge that you would propose to the audience to do because like I said before we don't want people to watch this amazing episode milestone episode 30 and not actually take action on some great information that you shared Mm -hmm. and uh, things like that so what's a 24-hour challenge that someone can do within the next 24 hours and actually accomplish that goal accomplish that goal let's see I think it would be important for you know, women to be able to look in the mirror and look at themselves and say, I'm beautiful and I can do anything I want to do. Because at that point, it leaves no room for excuses as to why you're not doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to look in the mirror and say, I am beautiful and I got this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's it. So take some self-reflection, yep. kind of, you know, give yourself some positive affirmations mm-hmm. in front of the mirror, kind of speak some of those things. Absolutely. Oh. I think I think we need to have that we need to have that talk with ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Everyone does, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we need to know who we are. If we don't know who we are, we can't expect the world to know who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do the same thing for myself. I mean, I know for me, my time is when I'm in the car, on my commute to wherever mm-hmm. I'm going. It's like, this is going to be a great day. I'm going to kill it. I'm the man. Like, we're going to get this done. Like, that's that's kind of like my time to kind of get myself built up and get myself fired up for the day yep. because I know great things are going to happen. Good is on the way. I'm speaking positive. I'm doing great things. I'm connecting with the right people. Mm-hmm. The right people are uh, adding value to me, and I'm adding value to them. So you just got to, you know, start to say those things, and you start to believe them. And once you, like you said to your point, once you believe it, game over. <laughs> you are your best coach, you mm-hmm. know? Absolutely. I totally believe in that. And and that was a great challenge. And, and anybody um, that takes that challenge, we definitely want to see some great things happen for them, too. Absolutely. So that's 100%. awesome. So I definitely appreciate you Thank for you. being on the show. We got to do a part two. Because yes. like, I, cause like I said, I, I, already, I already know, and, and, I'm, and this is on record, I already know Jennifer is going to kill it. And this is on the record because 
two years from now, we're going to replay this clip. I'll shoot it out to you and be like, I told you so. <laughs> you see? <laughs> right. uh-huh. you I'll, see? Exactly. So we definitely got to do a part two in the future. So I'm glad you were able to come on to the show. Um, so now that we know what Jennifer does with her 24 hours, we want to know what you do with your 24 hours. Definitely leave a comment down below. Subscribe, turn on notifications, and we will see you on the next episode.